So when you talk, I, sh- I should shut up. That's the whole thing. <laughs> Israel made a debut in the contest 1973 and nearly always ended up top 10 or at least in the top half of the scoreboard. In 1986, that wouldn't be the case, and even if they weren't among the frontrunners to win, according to the betting odds, they were not seen as something that was destined to end up in the bottom. Despite a happy song in fast tempo and strong optimism, they scored second to last and gave Israel the worst result till that date. How come two Israelis who were more known as actors represented Israel? Did anything go wrong and what happened in Bergen? Today I have invited Sarai Tsuriel, the bridal half of the duo with Muti Giladi, and I'm your turtle dove, Emil Lövström. DJ Stormby, take it away! ושלום, שרי צוריאל. או, שלום. ברוכים הנמצאים, אמיל. אני מדבר קצת עברית, so we're continuing in English, I think. Oh, it's so great that you can speak Hebrew, it's so heartwarming. But in English, yes, we can. Where is your Hebrew from? I've studied Hebrew. What? And been to Israel nine times. What? So next time you come, I meet you, yes? That's a date. Of course, I live in the middle of Tel Aviv. <laughs> ah, my favorite city in the world. Uh, and you were born in uh, Gothenburg, in Sweden? Yes. Besedel, that... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How's life treating you these days? Oh, right now, things are so much better than they were uh, a few months ago, uh, being through the corona, and suddenly, and very fast in Israel, we have become open completely uh so this is a big thing and and the feeling is amazing it's like a real springtime and we can't believe what we went through also we went through a 10 days of war a small war but still a war but now we're much better and i feel great uh because of uh all of this that things are working out And uh, maybe we'll, we'll have some quiet, good days ahead. Yeah, let's hope for that. Yes, Tikva. <laughs> I prepared some quick questions to warm up with and to get to know you better. What do you say about that? Fine, yes! First memory from watching the Eurovision Song Contest. Oh, um, do you remember uh, Ilanit? Of course you do. Yes, of course. The first participant for Israel in Eurovision. Yes, right. But then the second time... Ah, Ahava Hishira Lishnaim. Okay. Ahava Maybe you don't know that. When uh, Ilanit did this song in 70, how did you, 77? Yes. I was in uh, Beersheva Theater. The person who uh, uh, conducted the song 
Elder Trim. You are so, oh, you're so good. Um, Elder Trim was the musical director of the play that I was in. It was a musical in Beersheva Theater. And he took me and a girl by the name of Zazi Shavit, that we were in the play together, and another girl that was in Tel Aviv. Uh, Her name has just left me. But uh, he took us and we were the three backup singers. The, The first time this song was presented in Israel on stage in Jerusalem. Oh, I didn't know. Yes, yes. Uh, when I find it, I will send it to you. But at that time, the Israeli television had no money and they did not send the three of us. When Ilanit went, I don't know where it was. In, Lon- in London. In London, right. I should have known that because they took three English singers them the the backup singing and they were on stage on the in the Eurovision but still I remember it many people remember it it was for us it was great honor at the time I was just a beginning actress and singer uh, so this is a great memory for me personally But, but may I add the first the first time that I mean the only time that uh, Isar won Isar whom I see on the street once in a while here when he won uh, I saw it at home well I didn't have a television at the time but it was the parents of my husband I was married at the time and I remember when he won it was like crazy. And as always, I've always lived in the middle of Tel Aviv, and immediately people were streaming into the streets, and they were honking, and it was like a, a national holiday. So that's my, uh, what I remember. Best song from Israel in Eurovision. Oh, that's so easy. Neta, toy. Yeah. I'm not your toy. Least favorite song from Israel in Eurovision. Oh, oh. I think... This, uh, what, what's the name of this guy that was after Neta? Kobe Marimi. Kobe Marimi. I think he is such a talented guy with an amazing voice. And I even talked about it on television. Um, and I said that uh, he's such a great singer. He has so much talent. But they chose the wrong song for him. That's what I yeah. think. I feel the sun upon my skin. And I am someone, I am someone You pulled my heart, I took it in It made me someone, I am someone And now I'm done, I'm coming home Who should have won Eurovision but didn't? Us, of course! (laughs) Great answer! (laughs) (laughs) Who should not have won Eurovision but did? Oh... I don't know. Pass. If you could decide, 
Which artist would you send to represent Israel in Eurovision next year? Um, oh, wow. I think uh, Elali. got your vote in this year's final? Oh, that's an interesting question. I, g- I gave my vote to the Ukraines. Oh. I gave them my vote because I love that uh, ethnic thing, but I also adored... Yeah, the one that, that won. Italy won. Italy. The Italian guy, he blew my mind. He was so sexy and his voice and the whole performance. But I voted for Ukraine. Favorite country in Eurovision besides Israel? As far as... I usually expect the French to bring out something interesting. Whoop whoop, you're past the first part with flying colors. Okay, thank you. Uh, you were born in Israel, in Kfar Yehoshua. At Metsuyan. But moved early in life to the US. Please tell me, what was your childhood like? Well, we didn't actually move to the U.S. My parents uh, were sent for two years when I was three to five, especially my father, because he was originally Canadian who came to Israel in 1950 and um, married my mom, who was uh, born here. But so we went for two years to Baltimore, Maryland. And then we came back. But then the most important thing was that between the ages of 15 and 17, we went again to America and this time to Cleveland, Ohio, of all places. And I graduated high school there. And the second year of um, my university years, I went to America. This time I just hopped on with my parents as a grown up and for a year. And I studied acting in HB Studio in New York. Your parents were missionaries from the movement uh, Habonim Dror, a religious movement? No, 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 not religious at all. It's a completely secular but Zionist movement. Okay. At the time, 40s and 50s, this was the American Zionist movement uh, that got together people who wanted to come to Israel, to especially to the new state being born at the time in 48. Yeah. And my father was one of the people who, although he was born in Canada, he then uh, was one of the organizers in the U.S. And he came here in 1950, went to a kibbutz. Anyway, they got together, and but it's not a religious, and Kfal Yoshua is not a religious place at all, and I'm not a religious person. 
of course, I consider myself Jewish, but I'm not what you call today a religious Jew. I'm completely secular. Okay, thank you for sorting this out. Thank you. You moved back to Israel to join the army? Yes. Did your interest in theater begin there? Well, uh, my interest in theater was always there, but I was also always singing. At, I was in the scouts. Do you know the scouts? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I was always the one with the guitar. And then the last year of high school, we did uh, privately and completely on our own, a group of kids, we did a show Jean Unesco. So he wrote the bold soprano. One of the people from Haifa Theater, the, the head came over and he took us under their uh, wings, so to speak. And uh, we performed also for the public. But for me, that was the minute when I was on stage and doing a character that it was like lightning. And, and then uh, from there on, I, we told there are auditions for one of the Israeli groups for the army. You know we have entertainment groups in the army. You know that? Yes. Of course. Uh, so I was accepted uh, to the North Command, Northern Command group, which is a very big deal. And uh, that's what I did for two years in the army, running around the country, mostly in the north, but also in Sinai, everywhere. And I've read online that you have played in every theater in Israel. Is this true? That's true. I moved wherever there was a good part for me. In 1984, you competed in the Children's Festival Festigal with the song Hakol Al Hakol, composed by the Eurovision legend Eldad Shrim. Right. <laughs> and Eldad Shrim conducted Israel four times in Eurovision and with one song composed by himself. And that's the one, uh, Ahava Hishir Lishnaim, that you talked about before, sung by Ilanit in 1977. Ah, he wrote it? Yes. I, 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 I forgot. <laughs> and your song ended in fourth place. competed in this festival three years in a row. The other two songs were Havari Hatape and Ohevet at Ben. Nachon. Good, I'm so impressed by how much you know. Uh, <laughs> um, well, but the one Havari Hatape, which means my friend the tape, which, we, which is actually my friend the ghetto blaster. You know, remember, that was the big thing at the time. And uh, it got to be third place. So I won a prize, supposedly. I was supposed to get a prize. Anyway, it was great for me. It was so much fun. And uh, that's the only song, really, that's remembered from my uh, festival uh, years. For those of us who don't live in Israel, what can you tell us about the contest, Festigal? Well, this contest is, is actually a huge entertainment spectacle that is done especially for the uh, winter break, which is the Hanukkah. 
It's like in Europe you have Christmas and the Jews have Hanukkah. It's the same yes. time usually. And it's a big break. And there was always a good time to make shows for where to take the kids for the break. But it became very, very big through the years. And all the big stars used to be in it. And it was a contest where uh, there were about, I don't know, also about 10 or 12 songs with, the, with an orchestra. When I was at the time, there was a live orchestra, and twice I was also the MC. Is that the word, MC? Weren't you the host? The host, I mean, yeah. And also singing a, so- a song of my own. I wasn't the only host. I was usually with two or three other people hosting together this whole show, and it was a lot of fun, but it was also pretty hard work, so to speak, if you can ever say this is hard work, because we used to perform four times a day for at least 10 days in a row. But it was fun being with all the stars. It's a great thing, and everybody waits for that every year. I remember from um, my interview with Kobe Oshrat that he sent the song uh, Ole Ole to the Children Festival first in 1984, but with help of Shlomo Sach, bought it out from the contest and sent it to the pre-selection Kadam instead the year after. Ole Ole And I'm telling you this because I wonder if you know if this was typical that songs that got rejected in Kadam later ended up in Festigal or the other way around. No, not really. Not personally. Not, and vaguely I heard about these things, but uh, I know Kobe very well. And also he wrote a song for me. I asked him to write Oh Have It It Ben. I love Ben. And I love that song very much. It's about a girl who loves a boy called Ben. In 1986, you took part in the Israeli pre-selection, Kedam, with the song Yavoyum, composed by Joram Sadok, and with lyrics by your duet partner, Muti Giladi. Yep. How did this come about? Oh, that's interesting uh, that you ask. In 86, I was like everywhere. I was in theater, television. I was on all the time as a porcupine. You know you're talking to actually to a porcupine right now. Absolutely. You were playing the lead role in the Israel version of Sesame Street, Rechov Zum Zum. Right. I was chosen after many, many auditions done to everybody. I was chosen to do Kipi Ben Kipod, who is a, a porcupine. He's very cute, very big. And Kipi Ben Kipod are the Israeli version of Big Bird. It's a takeoff from the Sesame, the American Sesame Street. And by chance, because I did other things, I did, I was the uh, host of the Top of the Pop here. And also I did a lot of specials at the time, which everybody saw at the time because we had only one public spe- spe- channel. Can you imagine? Yeah. How long ago this was? <laughs> um, anyway, so you, you, you could not avoid me, actually. <laughs> so every time the porcupine, Kipi, 
Every time everybody saw Keepy, they used to say, you know who's doing that, who's in that huge Muppet? That's Sarai Tzuriel. So I was very lucky that many, many people knew that I'm doing that and this and that, and I was on every cover of every paper, and it was like crazy. So one day I got a, a phone call from Moti, whom I knew because I was a backup singer many years before in his very one of his very successful shows. You didn't know that. No, never heard. Okay. So he called me. Uh, anyway, it's such a small country. Everybody knows everybody. Uh, he calls me, said, listen, a song that I had written, says Moti, was accepted by the uh, whoever chooses the songs to uh, appear in the um, pre-Eurovision contest. Yeah, the pre-selection. Yes, the pre-selection, which was a very big show at the time in Israel. And I, I said, it's a duet, and you were suggested, and I thought, maybe you'd like to come and do it with me. Would you like? I said, listen, I'll come in and hear the song. I came over, I think it was at Yoram's apartment. They had, at that time, it was a Walkman. Can you imagine? A Walkman? You mean that they played the song on? They played the song like a transistor. And uh, I heard it on with my ear, with earphones. And I was smiling very happily while listening. And they said, after I listened, I said, why, why are you smiling? I said, because it's going to win whether I do it or not. Which is what I felt like, you know, it's just us, just us in the room. And uh, I said, yes, I'll do it. Okay, okay, so this is partner they asked for Mutigila. No, later I knew that they asked Yardena. Arazi. Uh, Arazi, yes. Um, she also worked at the time at the same office that Moti had, but she refused. Uh, that's all I know. Who sang the demo when you first heard it? I don't remember. I think it was uh, Yoram. What do you remember from the pre-selection held at the Jerusalem Theater? Oh... <laughs> That was amazing. We were ready. Well, after the, all kinds of things happened, uh, we changed the dress. Uh, we changed the choreography. It was very exciting. And all these amazing competitors. So I said to myself, listen, Sarai, or as my parents call me, or my friends, Sale, just do a good performance and we'll go home happy. And then when I came up there to the hall, I heard all the songs and I said to myself, okay, for sure we're not winning, 
But let's do a good show, that's all. Because I was sure that Rita was going to win because she was amazing. And I thought that, uh, do you know um, Boaz Charabi? Yes, he competed with the song Halevai. Halevai. I thought that was the best song and I knew he wouldn't succeed, but I thought it's the best song. Yeah, he ended lost. Yeah, but it's really, it's one of the best songs ever and it's very popular in Israel. Okay, we, we play it here. Really? Really? <laughs> competition started we did our show the the audience accepted us with a great applaud and then uh, we went to this uh, funny place that you know nothing like the green rooms today uh, this place where they had uh, where they, we were sitting and waiting for 12 places in Israel destinations in Israel I believe it was only seven regional juries really? Yeah. You probably know better. Anyway, uh, very well distributed. And in each place they voted. So we're sitting there. And one place gave 12 points. We said, thank you. Thank good. Means it's not such a bad disaster, you know. But then, of course, I didn't think, it did not cross my mind that we would win. Even though I thought so at the very beginning. <laughs> well, time has passed and I saw all these talented people. And then uh, we got another deuce point and we won. Yeah, you won by a margin of 10 points. Oh, you know that? Even you know that. Oh, yes. Do you remember who came second? Of course, I know him very well. Ba-la-la-la, ba-la-la-la, um... Doron Mazar. Doron Mazar. Ron Mazar was second. Ken. But, but, but 10 points apart, which made it so clear that this was a real win, you know? Yes. Yeah, I'm third, and it's Chaim Moshe with the song Lechaim. Let's go, never. 
was fourth, I think. Yeah, that's true. And that was, to be honest, the big breakthrough and success from that pre-selection. Yes. And she was then a young girl in an extremely big and yellow jacket. Yes, yes, yes. Nobody has ever seen anything like this kind of performance in Israel. But you know, by now she is one of the greatest singers. Uh, she always has been since then. Yeah. She's a great, 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 great singer. But And I was sure she's going to win because for me it was mind-blowing. But at the time, the audience was still in the frame mind of choosing things that they, they thought would be good for the Eurovision at the time. Yeah, and the song Shvil Habricha is still an evergreen in Israel. What's that? What does that mean, evergreen? Uh, ahimnon. Ah, yes, yes. <laughs> was chosen internally and participated for Israel in 1990. Yes, yes. What happened after the victory in Israel? The next morning I woke up, you know, after celebrating and everything. And from morning till night, everybody was interviewing me and I was reading the news and, the, uh, you know, the papers and everything. And we were cut down to pieces by the media. Like, awful song, it's bad, anything bad you can say about all the people who were asked from the media and from the music business. And this was shocking to me because it was uh, it was like an attack. I, I should explain that in Israel at that time, and even now again for, at a certain uh, level, the Eurovision was a very nationalistic thing. I, I don't know, was it like that in other countries too? Yeah, I believe so. But as much as it was in Israel that you know this is representing, in, uh, in Israel it was huge. So this is how our journey started toward Bergen in Norway. Started on a very, very shocking note. But you know, this, the headlines in Sweden the, the day after the pre-selection were always wrong song one until the televoters could decide. Ah... So I believe that several artists from different countries had to deal with this, sadly. Oh, okay. And also I might add, because it's the first time that I was an actress that was singing all the time, by the way, also on television and on the festigalim and in theater. But I was not a, a singer per se and considered an actress and also Kipi and all that. And Moti was considered a, a fantastic showman, imitator, uh, who's done huge shows in Israel. But we were not singers. And this led to a few more later a few more people like Nathan and Kushnir later. Yeah, and they were comedians. And also could sing very well. Okay, so, but I think that also the fact that we were not um, singers coming as, sing- 
well, we were coming as singers, but we're not known per se. But singers really uh, annoyed the uh, music business, and they hated the song and everything. This affected us pretty much, but uh, we we continued to, to make rehearsals and to get things together. But they started to change things with the song. Um, to, okay. Do, do you, yeah, ask the next question about this. <laughs> Darling, I promise you're not babbling. I sit here quiet because I'm interested. Oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> uh, okay, so, so should we go to Norway? Yeah, because the trip went to bed again in Norway. What's your memories from the host city? Oh, oh, that was one of the best experiences of my life. We were treated like kings and queens. Marvelous. Oh, can I tell? I don't know if you know this. We arrived there uh, and everywhere we went, there was a red carpet everywhere to every uh, restaurant and everything was done precisely uh, on time. And, and everything was planned for us to see this and to see where the salmons are grown. And, and, and they had an old Viking castle. They had it prepared for us where they had the, the ball, the acceptance ball for all of the, uh, how do you say, Mishlachot, uh, all of the people from all over the world of, of Europe came to the Eurovision. So they had the, the opening um, event in this castle, in this uh, place, where they had th these huge, amazing uh, tables full with all the best, the best Norwegian food that you could dream of. And I used to dress up and I brought all these, because I thought of it also as a It's a place where you meet all these people and talk to them and, you know, and have fun, uh, which was great, which was great. Also, the last day before the Eurovision, uh, we were on a ship, all of the, uh, of, from all the countries, on a ship with a huge pile of shrimps to eat. And then while we were passing through the harbor, there were a huge, they said a thousand kids, but I'm not sure it was a thousand kids on the, on the shore singing an old Norwegian songs for us while we were passing by. Can you imagine? Beautiful. But I must ask, did you eat shrimps? Of course. So no kosher here. <laughs> no, I'm not. As I told you, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah I love, I love shell food, seafood. If one day I will be asked by upper places why I did this, I, I, I will have to say I'm sorry. But uh, I love, I love shrimp. And I have to confess that too. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Did anything, did anything special happen behind the scenes that you can share with us? Um. Any gossip, maybe? I made a mistake. I I will uh, I will say that I did make some mistakes. One of them is that I came there with uh, a boyfriend that I had at the time, but it was a new relationship, and I shouldn't have done that because it complicated things for me, and it, I wasn't that. I should have c come alone. You know, it's not like people who were married or Moti who had his family and. It wasn't necessary. Pay a little bit of the focus, which... Not from the song itself, by the way. From the whole um, shebang, the whole thing, the whole... Uh, that was first thing that I think I should have done differently. But 
Oh, once you you get chosen uh, to go, it, it's crazy. Everything's crazy. They're on you all the time, and and um, but 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 I remember Norway at the, this week as grand, absolutely grand. Several guests from Israel in the podcast have witnessed that the security has been rigorous, especially for the Israeli delegations. What was it like for you? Oh, yeah. Well, they had they had us guarded because uh, Israelis were always and for sure now were guarded more because there were always threats about Israelis. But the only thing that we did have, I noticed that somebody was watching in the in the hall. At one point, I saw them, one person, and uh, before we left, we were told that if something happens, what we should do. I don't know. Run here, run there. That's all. But uh, they made a big deal about it in the papers. But it was true. We were guarded. Today, many, many uh, countries are guarded because of uh, their own reasons. <laughs> yeah. Sadly, the Queen of Norway, then Crown Princess Sonia, was attacked before the show. Do you remember that? No, I don't. What happened? A crazy woman threw some harmless liquid in her face. Why? Don't know. Well, they slapped uh, Macron yesterday, so anything can happen, you know. Did you see that? No, I have only read about it. Yeah, it was all over the news. Somebody slapped. Okay, never mind. Anyway, so she she wasn't there for the... Yeah, yeah, she were in the audience. Yeah, they told us that up there somewhere, the, the king and the queen were there. Yeah, so I performed for a king and a queen. That's nice. And I performed for my parents. Were they in the audience? They came. Uh, my mother came from Israel and my father was at the time again studying in New York. And they were sitting on the front row. So I have a shot of them at the end of our song clapping in front. So that's great. So that's a good thing. An upgrade of your stage outfit from the pre-selection was made. You got some rhinestones on your shoulder pads and two earrings instead of one. And Muti used a tuxedo over his silky shirt. Who made your styling? Vera Wang? <laughs> uh, no, she wasn't free at the time. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, if you've seen the pre-contest uh, in Israel, I have almost the same dress but it was upgraded to a little more rhinestones and to making my my sleeves puffier. <laughs> yeah, puffy is the right word. <laughs> to make them bigger and for more uh, stylish. That's the only thing that was changed. And when I sang in the pre... Uh, what do you call it? The pre... Pre-selection. Pre-selection. In Israel, when I ran towards the st- the front of the stage, I had two earrings, but one of them fell. Ah, that's why there was one. So the other one was recovered. I then uh, found it and I had it fixed. And Moti, uh, apparently, they decided to make him uh, more uh, stylish too. But was it on purpose? It looked like you were going to get married. No, my idea when we went to the uh, the uh, designer who did this um, clothes was that it was like, um, because the song is about waiting for peace, for the day, Yavoyom, there will come a day when we'll be happy and the kids will be and uh, all that, which is what the song talks about. So I thought it should be like a very festive attire. And I thought that... Moti and I would look 
good as in that because of the festivity yeah because of the occasion let's say do you know how much the dress cost no I don't but I know it did cost quite a lot and I know that when we did have a different dress and then we at the beginning which was long and huge and then we thanks to Moti we did a pre-shot in in just a room in a hall somewhere and we saw it was horrendous so the the dress was changed and then uh, we chose this this dress that I wore and uh, just before the pre-selection I went there for the last fitting and I said to the uh, woman there I said just take the scissors and cut where I tell you to cut please and she did <laughs> And that's why it looked like it looked. I had them cut the back so I, so the, my back could be sh- shown more more skin, a little bit more skin. Uh, also about the dress, everybody had they, they said terrible things about everything that we did, also our, the way we dressed in Israel. Uh, but later, I'm skipping for later, uh, I heard that this dress was called Ma- Sarai's dress and it was sold. By tens of um, women who bought it for their son's bar mitzvah or weddings or for all kinds of occasions. <laughs> cool. Cool. Do you still have it? No, no, we gave it back. But when I get married, what shall I wear? Oh, you should wear gorgeous suits for guys these days. I, I saw from the photos that you're very hip. <laughs> Believe me, I'll be very hip in your dress too. Okay, okay. I, I always say to my friends, if you want to take it, you can wear it. Uh, do you remember the other competitors in bed again? Vaguely, vaguely. It was a long time ago. And, and the conversations, even though they were great... And there were a lot of fun. It was always very fast. You know, everything was fast going. We we're going here. We we're going there. Going to rehearsal. Going there. Uh, later, many years later, I met the girl who won. Sandra Kim. Sandra Kim. I met her in Israel. Did you have any favorites among them? Yes, I did. And I'm so glad you sent me the recap. Um, because I, it suddenly came back to me. I was sure that the woman who is going to win, who was my favorite, was the girl from Switzerland. Um, uh, Daniela Simon. Daniela Simon, yeah. wonderful and playing the piano and looking gorgeous and singing oh, I loved it and uh, she won second place right yes she did and a very young Sandra Kim from Belgium won Switzerland came second and Luxembourg third Oh, oh, oh. 
And Luxembourg third. Oh. Yeah, three songs in French. Mm. Interesting. And they were all the favorites according to the bookmakers before the show. And there was also an Israeli there from Austria. Yes, Timna Brauer. Timna Brauer is a very interesting singer, very beautiful. And uh, since her father is Austrian and he lives there, or, uh, and she had a, a career there, she was chosen uh, to represent Uh, Austria. Die Zeit ist einsam und sie ist müde. Sie ist müde, dich zu suchen und bleib stehen. So I had talks with her, remember that? But she also didn't make it pretty high. No, I believe she got five points more than you. Oh, wow. Oh, crap. And you ended up in the bottom. Second to last with only seven points. Why do you think? Oh, what a blow that was. Why do I think? Listen, first of all, what do I have to think? It wasn't good and it wasn't accepted well. Nobody liked it. Nobody liked it. That's the bottom line. You can't argue with that and there's nothing to say. But a complete disappointment of not being in the, the first 10. And, and after not, nobody in Israel since uh, before that being that low, which was wow. Yeah, since the debut in the contest 1973, Israel had placed top 10 nearly every time. Right. But I tell you, uh, well, there are lots of things to say about this, the song itself. When we finished the song, we went out of the stage and the person that Moti brought a musician with us to help with the, uh, you know, to do with the sound. And uh, when we came out, he said it wasn't good. And he wasn't a person that would say that. He's, you know, he's not the kind that would rush and tell you such a thing. He said it was not good. And uh, what he meant, of course, was the sound. It was terrible, Emil. It was terrible. I later saw it. At the time, you couldn't see things right away. No phones, no, you know. No YouTube. No YouTube, nothing. So I didn't know what was going on. But later, I went on a little trip from Bergen to Oslo and then from Oslo to Copenhagen. 
And in one place, I was at a fair and some Israelis were there and they said, why was the song so fast? Boom, uh, something first thing landed on me that it was changed. They didn't have me participate in the decisions made. And I trusted everybody, you know, Yoram and Marty and the director. And I trusted that they know what they're doing. I, by the way, I didn't even think, it did not cross my mind that they would change anything. You mean they arranged it faster? Faster, I mean, to say, not rhythm. In tempo. In tempo. Tempo was raised, and then I heard Moti talk about it a long time later, that he said that they worked on that all nights on to make it sound faster. And this was also the thing with the sleeves, the puffed sleeves and everything. They tried to make, they thought that we looked, it was old-fashioned, and they tried to make it like up to date, more vibrant. And today, I must tell you that I know for sure that the whole beauty, if there was at all a beauty to this song, was that it was laid back, a little bit slow, a little bit old fashioned, and a bit of people that were a little bit older than, than what was expected at that time, I think. Although at that time also people, there were all kinds of ages. I was 33, you know, it was, uh, <laughs> I don't know. They tried to make it more hip. But do you know what? Maybe I will tell you something that you didn't know here. Yes. Uh, the original song is longer than three minutes. Ah. So the reasons why they changed the tempo of the song for the live show was probably to get it three minutes or below. How, how, how much longer was it? Uh, 12 seconds. Really? Yeah. I don't remember that I knew that. I was working my ass off all these till the last minute till boarding the plane and I was not involved that much except uh, going at night to uh, to tape it for for the record but also another thing I told you two things that were my fault and this is the second one I uh, sang fourth voice and I don't know if you call it voice you know there's the main voice second voice third fourth I sang the fourth voice. Well, not on my solos, I mean... In the chorus. Oh, in the chorus, yes, of course. <laughs> and if you listen to the tape uh, from the Eurovision, because something was not clear about the sound, uh, the mix, you know, because we we did have two backup singers, two excellent, by the way, excellent singers, and you cannot hear very clearly the main melody. It's not clear and it's not bright. And I should have thought about that and I should have sung the main melody with Moti and with the, and the singer in the back. That was my mistake. I don't know because I, I like my lower voice and uh, I don't know. That's my take on my faults, if there were any. Yeah. Have you worked with Moti Giladi again? No, there's no reason to. How's your relation today 
Uh, no, we have talked. We have met. Uh, yes. But he was very angry at me. Because you sang differently live? No, 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 no. This is my only personal take on what happened. Uh, on why it sounded, didn't sound good. No, on a very professional level. He was not angry because of that. He was angry at me because I asked to be, how do you say, when you sign something between people? A contract. Yeah. He did not understand why I need a contract and why I had this contract with him before going to the Eurovision. And why did I have the contract? Because in case, in case we win the first place, there would be money involved, right? Yeah. And if so, I would be a part of this, obviously to me. I think that, and there were all kinds of things in the contract. It was like I was half, you know, half of the duet. Yeah, yeah. That's how I thought of it. And apparently, I think that ruined the whole thing. And then, I don't know. No. I did everything as much as I could. I saw it. I sang okay. I sang well. Um, I did exactly what we were planning to do. But I must say that when we went on stage, we were not happy people. We were excited because it's such a huge thing, but not happy because there was no backup from Israel, from, from the press, from everybody said we're going to be last. And uh, we did. We were last. Apparently, we were really bad. No, 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 no. You weren't bad. You weren't that bad that you describe it now. But And I checked the odds for 1986 earlier today. Yes. And you weren't in the bottom. You were in the middle. Yeah, that's what they told us when we were there. I remember, Emil. I remember. And everybody treated us so well, also from the people who ran the thing. And, and I was on the main cover of the main paper, morning of the Eurovision. I have, I have the photo. I will send it to you. I will get some things together for you to have. And uh, we were okay. We were okay. But, you know... It was okay. We did, we did the song. Uh, as an, and as I said, there is nothing to say. It was not liked, but <laughs> most of the people who voted for us do not know who, who we were, do not know where they didn't even care where we come from. It didn't work. The song did not work at all. An English version of the song was recorded. Yes. Titled Tomorrow. Yes. Will we take a listen to it? the song never got any official release as a single. Only promos. Really? Did I sing in it? You recorded it. I did? Yes. Okay. But it was never released officially. Okay. Do you know why? I have no idea. 
And now I don't mean only the English version. No, I mean the original version in Hebrew. It was never any official release. Listen, Motti was, he was the producer of this whole thing, him and his brother. And uh, they did a great job, by the way. They invested money and they, uh, I had no money and I wasn't asked, of course, to, to invest any money. But they invested. And at the time, the Israeli broadcast did not put any money. They just, they didn't even send a representative. Don't ask. But I think that he was so disappointed of what happened, of that we, we were next to last, that he just dropped it, you know, didn't take care of it, didn't, didn't care. But isn't it strange that you didn't release it before Eurovision for the Israeli market? Yeah, somebody, I think somebody asked me about this in Israel uh, a few years ago. I have no idea. Have you been asked to compete in Kedam again? No. <laughs> no, please. No, I wasn't asked. And had I been asked, <laughs> I would uh, react as I reacted right now. Once is enough. But I want to tell you something, Leo. Let, let, let us, let us uh, go to a more optimistic tone here. As the years passed by, and as three years later, after me, or three or four years, Rita came to the 18th place. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where it was. But it was it, in Yugoslavia. In Yugoslavia. Yeah. <laughs> At the time, she was already a huge singer, and she is one of the best singers ever yeah. in Israel. When she came to 18th place, I said to myself, oh, so it's not because we're actors or non-actors or, or singers or what. It's just this thing happens because it's this other, It either it works or it doesn't work. Then another stage of my feelings came when one night I came back from a show in Beersheva Theater. I was in the lead and I came back from very far away. I had my son by then. Uh, he's 27 now. So we're talking the time when um, Viva La Diva won. In 98. 98. So can you imagine all this time play... It passed. I don't know what happened in the middle. I didn't, I don't remember. But I remember when Dana, whom I adore, won. I felt such a relief, which is so weird because this whole national pride thing sort of, okay, we're back. Everything's okay. And this is, of course, just between me and myself. This is a very personal thing that I'm uh, telling you right now. Uh, but then more years passed. And the more they passed, the more I thought the song is fine. And um, some people did uh, performed with it on television and on radio. Some of the uh, people, people who do shows say they love it. I put it on my Facebook Uh, this year, just on the day of the Eurovision, to remind everybody of the song. And I got so many compliments, and and that's it. So I just have a 
fantastic memory. And I have this line in, uh, in my curriculum vitae. Yeah, the CV. That says that I represented with Monting Israel in the 1986 Eurovision in Norway, which is amazing. Yeah, I thought you would say here that the song Ima Mamtina that you participated with in Festigal in 1988 was written for Eurovision. Ah, no, 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 no. It was um, picked. I was doing at a time. No, no, no. This was the children's song from the beginning. It, it's, it's about um, a mother who is uh, waiting for a kid to be born. And she doesn't know what he's what he's going to be called, this or that. And I loved it. I still think it's lovely, lovely song. No, 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 no. Nobody approached me and I didn't approach anybody. And you have the song too, so I will play it here. Great. <laughs> in Bergen affect your career in any way? Um, on one hand, it affected me personally because for a while I postponed singing for my record. On the other hand, but that was at a personal level. Uh, on the other hand, I was so famous and nobody ever... I. When I came back, I immediately had about 10 performances because on Yom Ha'atzma'ut, which is uh, Independence Day in Israel, we have um, shows all over the country. And the people are popular, uh, have a lot. So we go on these vans and we jump from one stage to another all over the country. And I was really afraid because it was just a few days after we came back And I was afraid that people are going to say some bad things from to me from the audience. That never happened. Never, ever. And so my performances continue. And something amazing happened uh, just a couple of months after I came back. I auditioned uh, for a part in Beit Lessin, which is uh, one of the main theaters in Israel, in Tel Aviv, for a lead play for the play um, Extremities. It was made also a film later in America. 
and I was chosen to do it. And that was a huge thing for me because I had been in theater already for, well, I don't know, a long time. And I got this part and it was, it did very well. And I continued to do uh, theater all the time till 2001. And I also did, I hosted a show on television, which was pretty good on the first channel. So, so I don't think, no, no, it did not affect my career at all. It affected me personally, though. What are you doing today in your life? Well, nothing. In 2001, I decided not to continue acting for all kinds of reasons. I, I, uh, I broke my elbow to pieces and all kinds of things happened. Also, I became a mother in uh, 93. And uh, at, at that point, I was working a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And in 2001, I think I got very, very, very tired. And then I decided not to act until two years ago, just before the corona. And I was asked to come back and do things, and I said no. And uh, just a while ago, I was asked from the Kameli, which is the municipal theater in, of Tel Aviv, uh, in a very uh, successful show, it, it, it's called Funny Girl. It was done all over Europe and America. It was a big hit here, and I enjoyed it very much. And that's it. I was asked to do something else now in another theater, but I'm not sure it's going to come out. I'm okay. But are you back in business? Uh, not really. No. No, I don't think so. So maybe if I have the energy, I'll go and make meetings with people that I know and tell them that I... I don't know yet. I don't know, Emil. I don't know. I'm Israel Chai, and thank you, Sarai. Thank you, Emil. And thank I'm so proud and thankful that you are listening, writing to me and sharing the episodes on your social media. You can contact me with suggestions, questions, opinions, or whatever you feel like by emailing me at emil at schlagervandena.se or through Eurovision Legends on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe so you are updated with new episodes. Sarai, before we hang up, do you have anything you wish to say to all our listeners around the world? Yes. Oh, listeners, and you especially, Emil. Thank you for for listening, for listening to my story, my take of, of the Eurovision. And thank you for being part of this wonderful thing, wonderful show, wonderful event that brings people together and shows that we're all, that we all love music at the end of the day and that music can do a lot of good. And, and I wish you personally well, wishing you well. And I hope to see you when everything goes well and you come to Israel. And I'm inviting you for coffee and cake. Lovely. I'm so looking forward. <laughs> and maybe a little shrimps here and there. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Thank you very much. To Kapara Lechem. So we say, say today, tomorrow.